You know the old song, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. That's what we need to do every single day, is trust the Lord completely. Thank you for joining me today for this beautiful day and beautiful teaching on the glorious power of the blood of Jesus. I want to show you from the Word of God how important it is to God, you know, that we understand the power of the blood and that we apply it in our own life today so we can be protected and blessed completely. Father, we come in Jesus' wonderful name. And I ask you today, Lord, to speak to our hearts and reveal your word to us with beauty and power. In Jesus' glorious name, and God's people said, Amen. The reason I want to talk to you today about the power of the blood is because we need it more than ever. We need to know the power there is in it. You know, we sing about it. We hear preachers talk about it, sermons about it. But I want you to know from Scripture and to be able to teach this to others. What does the Bible really say? Why is there power in the blood? Well, let's go to Genesis 3. We begin with, Gen with chapter 3 of Genesis and verse 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife that the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Why? Well, remember, after Adam sinned, and he and Eve fell into sin, the glory departed. God now comes and puts clothing on them, the skin of an animal, who had just been slain by God himself, meaning blood. The blood had to be shed by God himself, and God gave them a revelation when he clothed them with that skin, which was wet with blood, that redemption now will come. And then we, we see something very powerful throughout the Word of God that no one could approach God without the shedding of blood because God is holy. You see, no one can approach him as a sinner without the blood being applied. And Jesus shed his blood for us that we might be able to approach God. Now, let's look at what happened in Genesis 4. God Almighty revealed the power of the blood to Adam and to his sons. Abel accepted it, Cain rejected it. And so it says in Genesis 4, 4, And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Now, it seems from verse 3 that they were told to bring an offering to God every so often because it says here in, in the process of time, it came to pass. In other words, it was the time to bring the offering that Cain brought of the first fruits of the ground an offering unto the Lord and Abel brought the firstlings of his flock, meaning he offered a sacrificial lamb. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain, verse 5 says, and to his offering, he had not respect. So God accepted the offering of Abel who brought with him what? Blood. 
what came brought was fruits and vegetables that did not speak of redemption or the promise of redemption but Abel did and so the Bible says in Hebrews 11 let's go there uh, over there together and look we're gonna look at verse 4 and 5 by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous See, so now we know that he knew by faith to bring the offering, which means his father told him, faith comes by hearing. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain his brother, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God, listen to this, it's amazing. God testified of his gifts. So God declared him righteous by the fact he brought the blood of an animal. And by it he being dead yet speaketh. Imagine God testifying. God actually telling heaven, I accept Abel because he brought the blood. So, and of course he pleased God. Now this amazing testimony of the power of the blood was given at the very beginning of human history. Shows that there could be no approach to God no fellowship with God, no favor with God, apart from the blood. Without the blood, there is no approach or fellowship or favor with God at all. So all the saints of the Old Testament and the New Testament understood the power of the blood. For example, when Noah, let's go to Genesis again. Let's look at chapter 7. Uh, and verse 1 and verse 2, it says, And the Lord said to Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. You know, we've all learned in Sunday school, they came in two by two. Well, the fact is, they came first by sevens and then by two. Seven for sacrifice, two for preservation. Later, in chapter 8 of Genesis and verse 20, we see what happened after Noah came out of the ark. So now Noah takes the animals into the ark. And it says that Noah built an altar unto the Lord when he came out of the ark. So he takes the animals in, in chapter 7, in chapter 8. Now the, the animals come out of the ark. And it says, and Noah built an altar unto the Lord. Why? He baptized the earth with blood after the flood. Because the blood broke the curse. And God was revealing to these amazing patriarchs the power of the blood. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast, of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor or a, or a sweet aroma. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, 
for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I've done. Not only that the power of the blood break the curse, the power of the blood later in verse 22 we read did this, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will not cease. How amazing that when Noah applies blood, God now declares, I will not again curse the ground. I will no longer curse the earth. And then he said, while the earth remains, I will continue, Sitam and harvest will be allowed to continue, cold in winter and so on. Wow, what does this say to me? That the part of the blood preserved the earth, preserved seasons on the earth. There's so much power in the blood, most people don't even realize that one of these days it will be the part of the blood that will erase death out completely forever out of our lives. The last enemy that shall be defeated is death and the power of the blood of Jesus will remove death forever. Hallelujah. And the patriarchs understood the power of the blood. So right after the flood, the earth was baptized with blood. Here we see this in the very first act of Noah. After he leaves the ark, he offers a burnt offering. So with Abel, not without blood. With Noah, not without blood. How about with Abraham? You all remember when Abraham came into the promised land, well, the Lord said, now come out of your home, your family, to a land I will show you. What was the first thing he did? Exactly, you guessed it. He offered blood to establish the promises of God. It says in verse 7 of Genesis 12, the same chapter that God said, come out of your country, to a land I will show you. It says that the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto thy seed will I give this land. And what did Abraham do? And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. The first thing he does, he applies blood. He builds an altar, he offers animals, blood is applied. Because all these men understood one thing, the blood will allow me to approach God and have favor with him. The blood will break the curse like with Noah. The blood will establish the promises with Abraham. And then we see again in verse 8 of the same chapter, 12 of Genesis, it says even when he moved from that location, when Abraham moved, it says, and he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel. He pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, Ai on the east, and there what does he do? He builds an altar unto the Lord and he called upon the name of the Lord. Now watch something amazing. He did, he did not just do this once or twice because now he goes down to Egypt because of the famine, if you read chapter 12. And now he comes back to the promised land after, after he comes out of Egypt. He says, it says in verse four, he came back to the place 
of the altar which he made there at the first. And it says, and Abraham called on the name of the Lord. But watch what happens again. Now, he goes to Hebron in chapter 13, verse 8. Then Abram, I'm reading verse 18 of Genesis 12, uh, 13, excuse me. So in, in chapter 13 of Genesis, when he goes to Hebron, and it says, And Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is, which is Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Everywhere Abraham traveled, he applied blood. So that the promises that God had given him would come to pass. Isn't that powerful? Even the patriarchs, dear Lord, I feel the end when he's just teaching on this, that the patriarchs understood the power of applying the blood even when they moved from one place to another. How about, how about Isaac? When God gave Isaac the promise he had given his father, Isaac understood one thing, the promise will not be mine without the blood. Quite simple. It says in chapter 26 of Genesis, verse 24 and 25, and the Lord appeared unto him, that's Isaac, the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bless thee, multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. God gives him the promise. What does he do? And he builds, verse 25, he builded an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. So the minute he hears the promise, he applies blood. And this is why it's important that we understand in communion, the promises of, of God are released through communion. Don't you remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians? He said, for this reason, many are asleep. Many are sick and some are asleep, having not discerned the Lord's body, meaning the bread and the blood, the body and the blood. Wow, that is just a life-changing truth. Without the blood, there can be no blessings and no healing. I've told you before, I'll tell you again about my father-in-law, Roy. He was dying with cancer. The doctors gave up. His kidneys shut down. And a preacher came and told him to start taking communion daily. And as he began to do it, and thank God for the blood of Jesus, the cancer left. He lived an extra 10 years. His kidneys came back to life. His hair grew. His face became healthy. He looked like death before that. That happened to my own father-in-law. I've seen the power of the, of the blood work in my life. And I want it to work in your life, especially at this time when there's all this darkness out there and problems out there. Yes, there is protection in the blood. There are blessings under the blood. There are healings under the blood. We need to understand what the Bible teaches. First though, see it right here, that the patriarchs understood the power of the blood. That's why they built altars everywhere they would go meaning they applied blood. How about Jacob? When Jacob came back from the house of Laban in Genesis 33 and verse 18, it says this, I pray this is a revelation to you that now you'll, you'll begin applying the blood daily 
on your life, on your family, on your possessions, on your work, and on your influence and relationships with people because that's all in Job. I'll show you that tomorrow. And tomorrow I will apply the blood of Jesus on you and your family and your possessions and your work and your influence because the Bible gives us the right to do that. I'm going to show it to you exactly. Even Satan recognizes the power of the blood. Believe me, it's quite powerful. Now, Genesis 33 Verse 18 says, And Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he came from Padan Aram, he pitched his tent before the city. He bought a parcel of a field. He buys land so he can put his tent there. And the next thing you read in verse 20, he builds an altar unto the Lord and calls the altar El Elohe Israel, to the God of Israel. He also understood the power of the blood. Now, what the blood accomplished for the patriarchs now had to be experienced by their descendants, by the people of Israel. What was the first thing God revealed to them when they were in Egypt? Remember that the people of Israel went down to Egypt for 400 years. Silence, 400 years. Nothing happened. They were still in slavery and bondage till the revelation of the blood came. And the night they applied the blood, they left Egypt. Think about that. 400 years of slavery. And nobody moves out of Egypt till the blood is applied. In Exodus 13, God tells Moses on that night called the Passover to apply the blood on their homes. So let's go. Exodus chapter 12. So much in this amazing portion of God's word. Okay? So let's go to Exodus 12 and let's look at verse 1. And the Lord spake to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt and he said, this month will be the beginning of months unto you. And now verse 3, speak to all the congregation to take a lamb for each house. And then in verse 13, he said this. He said, and the blood shall be to you for a token. The minute you slay the lamb, you and apply that blood on the lintel which is a piece of wood that held the door on top and the side posts, which are on the sides. The symbol of the cross, basically. The sign of the, of the cross made on each home. He said, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. How powerful. And then look at this amazing verse here in verse 23. For the Lord will pass, this is Exodus 12, 23. For the Lord will pass through, the, through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel, the top of the door, 
and the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer or allow the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. You know why there are people today that have mental problems? Mental health is a big issue today in this country and in the church because nobody teaches on the blood anymore. They don't understand the power of the blood against the demonic. Mental health is not just, in some cases, it's more than just physical. It's spiritual. And I'm telling you, sweet people, it's a serious matter today. We need to apply the blood on our homes, on our lives first, our homes, our possessions, take authority over the enemy so no enemy will attack our mind. There's peace beyond understanding through the blood of Jesus. Think about, he said, I will not allow the destroyer to come in and smite you. How many people do you know that are harassed by demons out there? And what do some preachers tell them? Go take a pill or go see a psychiatrist or do this or that. Nobody talks about the demonic anymore or there's power in the blood to drive away the demonic. I was introduced to the power of the blood through a wonderful man of God in Canada named Maxwell White who wrote a book called The Power of the Blood. You, you can download that book on Amazon or anywhere and, and read it for yourself. It's a powerful book. He was my pastor in Canada. First time I ever saw demons cast out was in, in his church. Every Sunday night after service, he would ask people who, who were troubled by demons to come to the basement. And when I just got saved, I and other kids would just went to, we went to just watch out of curiosity, you know. First time I was in shock. He walked in, in the basement, about 100 people down in, those base, in, in that basement waiting for him to come. And all he said is the blood of Jesus. And demons began to come out. That was my first experience to see the awesome part of the blood setting people free from devils. Today, nobody talks about it. Thank God I am talking about it. And I'm glad you're all listening. And I want you to talk about it with your friends. And some of you need to tell your pastor, start teaching on the blood. Talk about what the Bible says about it. People need it out there. The Bible says so powerfully, and I'll teach more on this tomorrow, how Moses applied the blood on the whole nation of Israel. Imagine three million people, and the blood was applied on the whole nation to seal and establish the covenant that God had made with them. I'm going to talk about this tomorrow and a lot more, and I want to take you into the New Testament to show you the power of the blood. In the old, I just began today that this is a vast subject. I can't cover it all in just 25 minutes or so. So tomorrow, please join me and tell your friends about this. And share this teaching with other people. Tell them, Benny Hinn is teaching on the part of the blood. And I want to continue tomorrow and show you more. So please join me again. Lord, protect your people. Come on, let's just believe God. Lord, protect them. I want to pray for you if you've been having mental difficulties. I want to pray that God will set you free.
or if you know someone with mental difficulties, let's pray for them right now. Father, in Jesus' name we come. Lord, your word declares clearly there's a fountain filled with blood. Your precious blood shed for us on Calvary's cross. Now, Lord, in your holy name and by the power of the blood of your precious son, Jesus, Father, deliver that one from that mental problem or mental illness. Give them peace they've never known before, Lord. Lord, give everyone that revelation of the power of the blood as I teach on it again tomorrow. In Jesus' name, Lord, but I pray today for their deliverance and their protection. In Jesus' glorious and mighty name. Amen and amen. Lord, bring healing to your people. Tomorrow I'll be praying for the sick at the end of the teaching. And then I'm going to apply the blood on all of you. In these five areas from Job chapter 1, verse 5 and verse 10, we see that the, the, the enemy recognized the five areas. He said, did you not build a hedge around Job and his house and his possessions, all that he has? Did you not bless the work of his hands, his job, and his substance is increased in the land. Even the devil recognized that there was a hedge built around. Why? Because in verse 5, it says Job offered blood daily. Then in verse 10, the devil says, there's, there's a hedge I can't break through. Kenneth Hagin said one day, he said, no devil can ever cross the bloodline. How true. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. I used to always say, and I say it still, the devil may look through your window. He'll never get through the door if you apply the blood of Jesus daily. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. We give you praise. Amen and amen. Tomorrow, don't miss it because I'll be applying the blood on you tomorrow and your family and your possessions and your work and your influence and your friendship, which is your influence. All right. It's time to give to the Lord's work today. It's time to sow seed in his wonderful kingdom. What a privilege, what a privilege to give to the Lord. I mean, think all he has given to us, his own life. Jesus gave us his own life. Think about all the benefits of salvation. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not his benefits. Wow. He redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies and satisfies your mouth with good things. And more than that, forgiving you and healing you and keeping you. Think about all that God gives us every single day. And what God wants us to do is give him something to use to bless us with. Whether it's spiritual or our own bodies for service or our money. God can't bless you financially. He cannot bless me financially unless I give him an offering. The sower has to sow seed before he sees the harvest, even in the natural. How much more in the realm of the spirit? And when we give God our money, it turns into seed. You go to a store, you exchange your money for something you want to buy. But when it comes to the kingdom, that money becomes seed 
In other words, it never leaves your future. It never leaves your life. It comes back as a harvest. Wow. When I take my money to the, to the, to the store, I lose my money. I get something in return, but then I got to go buy it again. But when we give to God, I never lose it. It comes back multiplied, sometimes a hundredfold. So Lord, bless them. Lord God, many of them need a miracle right now financially. Yes, Lord, speak to them on the amount they should sow and prosper them as you promised in your word that their future is guaranteed with blessings. Blessings will overflow in their life. Never lacking a thing financially in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can give now to the Lord's work. Benihid Ministries, just sow your seed. You can do it on the platform you're watching me on today. Or you can go to our website, benihid.org. Or simply you can text it. BHM45777. Much love. Don't miss tomorrow. I'm feeling something very exciting building in my heart for tomorrow. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.